Yes, hello. I am James Rodens, and today is a WNR469. It's Mystery Mania time. I'm not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team. Up first by my side for every WWE and AEW show is fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. How are you going? Hello, a happy Mother's Day to everyone out there today. Hello, and welcome to Mystery Mania. Yeah, well, last year's Mystery Mania kind of uh, had <laughs> long-term effects on you, but I'm, I'm pleased to say this year's we're not going to touch on it. What long-term effects? I had to mention. What long-term effects were these? Well, the, the fact that you hate Charlotte and last year's Mystery Mania was Charlotte beating Oscar at WrestleMania. I don't want to mention it, but you made me. Okay, no, do you know what? Thank you for that. I won't blame you for that. I did walk into that one. I should have thought about it, but I didn't. But yes, don't worry. None of that bitterness will be coming through on, on this one because thankfully Charlotte was not, not around in the WrestleMania we are looking to discuss. So without any further ado, James, please introduce the next lovely person. Well, <laughs> thank you. Up next, our resident LXT expert and New Japan deity it is, of course, Monty. How's it going, man? You all right? I'm doing good, and I don't know what it is about these mystery manias and you choosing manias that mean a lot to me, but hey, keep it up. So, But, uh, you know, either way it goes, I'm happy to be here. WrestleMania season, always a busy time for us wrestling fans, podcasters, whatever we all call each other, ourselves at this point. But I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, that's out. Well, mystery manias changed a little bit for the years. It used to be uh, the show that I did the least with because it was just a mania that Dan would pick or someone at home stick it on before I even knew about it and just watch it through and just try and give notes off the top of my head. Obviously, you can't do that here because we're not watching it, but still, by God, it's a good premise. And I think last year's work, and like I said, I'm glad to have you on board, Monty, for this year's one. But last, but by no means least, it's time to play the Gina. It's all about the Gina. And how you play it. It's all about the Gina and how you can take it. It's all about your Gina and if you can pay it. It's all about your Gina and who's going to make it. I am Gina. You don't want to play me. I am Gina, but there's no way you can change me. I am your debt and you know you can't pay me. I am your Gina and I know you can't take me. Play the Gina. You're going to change your name. You're going to die in flame. You get, well, you get the idea. It's Gina. How you doing? You're playing the game. Hey, yes, I loved that one. Yeah, I am definitely playing the game. And I got, what is it, Motorhead, the group that's in it. I think it's Motorhead. Yeah, they're playing the game. They're we have Motorhead. Game on yes. it. Yep, yeah. Yeah. it's a G game now, guys. Yeah, well, glad to have you on board for this. And of course, this is your, I think, second mystery in as yeah. well. But time flies when you're having fun. It was back in 2017, we had our first one. Long-time listeners, they've always enjoyed these. So let's hope we can continue it. We've already mentioned Jaxie's nightmares, a nightmare from last year. But here we go. We are two weeks away from WrestleMania going Hollywood. So right now, we're going to travel back to 2005, the first time WrestleMania went Hollywood. So that's April 3rd, WrestleMania 21. We are in Los Angeles with attendance of 20,000. We get Lillian Garcia singing American and Beautiful to start us off. It's always weird when I when 
WrestleMania. So, Monty, maybe you can help me out here because America the Beautiful is not the national anthem. It's just saying Vincent Mann prefers. So, what do you like hearing at WrestleMania? Or does it really matter? <laughs> I was just about to say, you're, you're asking the, the absolute wrong guy because I could kill this. <laughs> I'm one of the, I'm one of the few Americans who wonder why we have to do uh, all of these songs before big events. So, uh, yeah, I'm the wrong guy. But uh, I, I guess I kind of got grew accustomed to this one because, like you said, Vince preferred. So at this point, it was pretty much a tradition for Lillian to, to sing "America the Beautiful" or something like that. So yeah, it's not the national anthem. I could care less about you know the difference, honestly. We they the Americans especially at that time like any time close to two thousand and one and like in post two thousand and one oh my goodness we had national anthems and American ballads and songs for every event ever so yeah and it's still kind of like that but yeah uh, I could care less but you know still beautiful performance by Lillian yeah like I said it's always good to start WrestleMania off and realizing Lillian Garcia actually has got quite a good voice and we've got movie trailers uh to start us off as well which to build up to the event including and i might miss some here forrest gump pulp fiction when harry met sally basic instinct dirty harry braveheart taxi driver and of course stone cold as a husband to a murdered wife and father to a murdered child uh so jack see with the old trailers because we're getting new ones of course this year but the old ones which ones stood out for you because there's a couple for me that i really laughed at yeah um it's got to be the Pulp Fiction one. I really enjoyed that one. Um, Stone Cold just made made a great gladiator. You can't deny that. Um, you know, especially when he was like, I'm, I'm, what do you say something like, I'm the king of the middle finger or something like that. <laughs> um, you know, like for, for, for the era that it was, it's so highly entertaining. And to watch it back, you just see how much effort is put into sort of uh the promo here and everything and it just it just seems like the uh, the wrestlers are having genuine fun filming these little skits um for uh for movies so yeah really really enjoyed uh, uh i think my favorite one had to be a uh, pulp fiction now yeah we're right now uh Gina, what about you which one would you pick as your favorite trailer Right. I'm not going to lie, guys. I had a really, really weird obsession with Stacey Keebler, especially when she joined the Dudley Boys. <laughs> I absolutely loved her. I legit thought I was Stacey Keebler because I, I was quite tall for what I thought when I was like 16. I thought I was quite tall for a girl. So when I saw Stacey Keebler with her long legs, I was like, look, that's me. So as soon as I saw her do the basic instinct, I was like, guys, guys, that's me. So I'm all for the basic instinct. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you said it. She did great. I mean, I'm saying it because, like, I definitely see myself as Stacey Keebler. We may be a different race, but we're the same. So I'm going to take that. <laughs> and Monty, what about you? Which trailer stood out? Yeah, uh, I think as an adult, uh, I realized how young I am. Cause I was, I had no clue about most of these movies. <laughs> uh, like I, I've seen them cause they're famous, but it was just like, damn, I'm young. Uh, looking back at it. But anyway, uh, at the time when I was a kid, I think my favorite one was the, you know, when all these different wrestlers were trying to do the, you know, you, you talking to me, you know, I used to, <laughs> as a kid, I really loved that one. I was just like, 
Yeah, because Big Show Batista eventually got thing. mad because he breaks the jacket. Yeah, Batista at the <laughs> end actually does it the right way. Like, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I liked that one as a kid. And I think now as an adult and after watching Pope Fiction, I love uh, Booker T and Eddie. Come on, man. Booker T and Eddie <laughs> in that role. I just, yeah, you can't go wrong with it. Pulp Fiction, man. Pulp Fiction is such a great movie. They they did it so well. I loved it. Yeah, no one could do that better, and I'm glad they didn't try to redo it this year because I think they both smashed it, and they didn't need to redo redo that one. No, no, it's great. And another thing as well, even though it was a smaller arena, the setting you sometimes forget about because obviously with WrestleMania now, you know how grand it is. For this one, we you know with the curtains. And the, the, even the curtains lifting to start the show and the red carpet, it was kind of, you know, wasn't over the top, but it did feel quite special, Jatsy, if you know what I mean. And do you think we missed that because of just how bland like, the generic screen is? You know, um, I, I have to agree there. Um, sometimes simplicity can be can actually work the best. Um, best. Um, even the rampway, did you see the shape of the rampway? It took me a while to figure out, like, the actual shape of it because of the design um but i actually liked it uh the runway was like shaped like an award um i don't know if anyone noticed that but you know it's a small little attention to details that you don't really m- notice maybe when when you're there and you're live but you know for for um for the beauty that is us podcasters that get to watch things back and review um you learn to appreciate these things. So just the small little details that go into, like you said, the the curtains rising um at the at the beginning of the show and everything like that. Um, it wasn't over the top. It wasn't um a, a you know big outdoor sort of roof area with loads of fireworks going off and blasting off in your face. But it really worked, and it was like you know very Hollywood based. Still, I what I really enjoyed the most was seeing sort of um the advertisements for the matches sort of in the background on um, the entrance rampway, but it was kind of like done at old school theatre style in terms of the lettering and stuff. Mm. Um, I thought that was actually a really nice nod to theatres, you know, like that actually showcased a lot of this and just, you know, kind of taking you through the era of Hollywood. So, um, yeah, I thought the the set and everything looked great for it, and I didn't think it was the over the top, but it worked perfectly. Yeah, and unlike Monty, who's young, I'm old as shit. So I actually remember the excitement for this event going into it and being a fan and couldn't wait to watch WrestleMania 21. And I tell you what, the hype for the opener was off the charts. Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. I try and explain, and this is what hopefully the pod can help it out. People thought we were going to see like Halloween Havoc 97, but times 10 between these two because the talk going into it they wanted to give everything so we're going to get on to the opening match and ray has the mexican american flag as far as gear uh, as we see the two kind of working just wrestling early on let's not forget these two are tag team champions as michael cole says it's the first time it ever happened at wrestlemania why would that why would we want that <laughs> it's singles match with tag champions we would want them in tag matches Anyway, we see uh, a lot of stuff in Sunset Flip, counted into a catapult to the floor. Ray switches place and sees a dive, take us to an early standoff. Later, the three amigos connect with Ray holding his mask the whole time. And then I remember watching this match and going, oh, this is what happened, didn't it? Because (laughs) Ray just kept fiddling with his mask all the time. We still have some good stuff from West Coast Pop. 
counted into a half powerbomb for two as they go back to back. Eddie tries to another powerbomb, this time Ray reverses into a hurricane on the Philippines. And one final mask adjustment to get the win. Uh, Monty, again, this is the thing when you go Ray and Eddie, oh my God, this is going to be awesome. And it just never reached the height, did it? You know, but it's still a fun match. Yeah, and, and this is the thing about that. If you compare it to Halloween Havoc, of course not. No, it did not. But to me, again, I, like you said, I was young. And maybe this is just me being however old I was. I don't know. Let's see. Ten? Yeah, I was ten when this happened. So, again, uh, I absolutely <laughs> thought this match was amazing, bro. Like, yeah, think about this. I watched this when I was ten. I had it on DVD. Uh, this is the first match. So, by the time I used to watch it in the back, of my uh, grandparents' truck, and you know they had the screen come down, and every we wouldn't ever get far enough for me to ever finish WrestleMania. <laughs> so I always watched <laughs> this fucking match in Money in the Bank. And when I tell you this, they just never miss. Like I know you're right; it's not Halloween Havoc. They were a tag champ, but watching this back, I just see how ahead of their time they was, man. Like you said, they had their crowd on their feet in the opener, and they got everybody hyped like they were supposed to, but it was a lot of reverses, a lot of classic, like, the backbreakers that Eddie would pull out on Ray. Like, Eddie used to always do, like, some of the greatest backbreakers on Ray. It just always looked beautiful when he fought Ray. And, like, the submissions, I just thought everything they did in this match was really, really good to me. And I know Ray won out of nowhere, and, you know, but I think that kind of told the story that Michael Cole kept repeating. Just how evenly matched uh, Ray Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero was at the time. And honestly, too, since I remember being an active fan at this time, this this was the first precursor, the first little, little, little tease of what, what we would all remember as the custody battle for Dominic. So I just thought this was so beautiful to be watching this now when we see what Dominic has turned into and we possibly will be finally getting Ray fighting him maybe maybe if he ever pulls the trigger uh at this year mania so it's kind of cool to do this right now this is one of my favorite matches ever james so it may not hit, hit it for you guys you internet marks but for 10 year old me i love like, this match I, like, <laughs> again I, I, it's not pissing on this match but like you said when you go into being told because everybody was talking about sean and Kurt and, and Ray and Eddie, but the thought was like, no, they're going to steal the show. So again, like I said, it is a great opener, maybe one of the greatest openers to WrestleMania, but right. it's still, you know, I, I mean, Gina, what do you think of this? Because obviously, you've got to find a happy ground between me and Monty. Happy ground? So I've got to be the middle ground between you two, have I? <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, the match went hard. I think you guys have all given it justice. I thought it was it was great. There were some great spots. There were some spots that you actually thought, oh, God, has someone hurt themselves? But again, for me, it felt so much more realistic in this match than maybe a match you would see of today's calibre if you had the same kind of people or the same, the, the same sort of effects of it. There's a lot more cautious um, cautiousness being held around the ring, you know? So... Back then, it was like, no, hurt yourself as much as you can, bring as much chaos as you can. And for me, I just enjoyed it. So, yeah, I was here for it. What would you score out of five? Oh, four. I, no, actually, I'll give it a four and a half because I was entertained throughout. So, 
it kept me like glued to the screen. I didn't want a toilet break in between. So yeah, I'll give it a four and a half. Yeah, well, like Monty said as well, talking about the um, Dusty of Dom battle. Sadly, this is Eddie's last WrestleMania. Of course, the previous year he was WWE champion. In fact, the 17, 19, and 20, all in title match. So Eddie, Hall of Fame three, and of course, Ray being inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. But Jaxie, I mean, what were your thoughts on this? Because like we said, these two are no doubt legends. Uh, and this yeah. is again a very good match. Yeah, again, um, from a different perspective, you know, we got Monty's version of this from when he was 10 years old. But a nice little fun fact for you was that I actually saw this match between Eddie and Ray before I saw Halloween Havoc because I hadn't actually been watching it as religiously um you know uh back then even though I was a bit older so I so you know I could have but I got into wrestling late um so I went back and, and watched Halloween Havoc after hearing so much hype about it but for me at that at the time this was a great opening match I loved both uh Ray and Eddie's uh chemistry in the ring um they really trusted one another with themselves. And like Monty was touching on, um, Eddie delivers some of the best looking backbreakers. Um, and it, it really makes you, yourself wince thinking about your own back and thinking I can handle that. You know, um, I thought this was a really great match personally. Um, I really enjoyed rewatching it again. I got really emotional hearing Eddie's music. I really did. Um, I, I, I hadn't realized that they had started it. Um, because I haven't watched this in a while, obviously. So to have that open up WrestleMania, I just got emotional straight away. So I definitely can say that there was a, a lot of emotion watching Eddie in this match and just really enjoying the talent that he he brought to the ring and just allowing us to be able to have seen him, like you said, for one last time at WrestleMania. It was it was a beautiful moment between two wrestlers, two best friends that was really enjoyable to watch. What would you give that a five? I'm going to give that a four and a half as well. Still enjoyed it a lot. I'm going to give it a four and a quarter just because. <laughs> anyway, JB on the cabinet meet Evolution. Triple H says Ric Flair's wrestling god. And maybe one day someone will believe that JB is that good. Stare down over belt and pawns and a woo to Orlando Jordan. End. A terrifying prospect somehow. JB and Triple H only had one single match ever against each other. And it's on the round of Raw in 2008, weirdly enough. Of course, both were champion here. We see Adam Lander, Rob Schneider. Great. And then we get the first ever money in the bank. Edge versus Christian versus Chris Jericho versus Kane versus Shelton Benjamin versus Chris Benoit. And again, you're going back and watching. I say, I don't want to call this an old mania, even <laughs> if it is. But to go back and watch these is when you, you have a match like right, Edge, uh, sorry, Eddie and Ray. And then go fucking out. It's the first ever Money in the Bank match. And boy, did it deliver. Shelton hit the big running flip dive onto a bunch of people. Kane adds into the top clothesline to take it down. Kane's entrance with ladders on fire as well was absolutely epic. Benoit, which again, oh fucking hell. But climbs cut off, so he cross faces Kane and then Edge. And then Kane hits Benoit with the ladder. There's a lot of this. To make it worse, Kane crushes Benoit's arm with the ladder over and over. Edge spears Kane down. It's a big reunion with Christian, who grabs his own ladder to smash Kane at the same time. Benjamin still in the show again with Exploder on Edge off the ladder. 
Jericho's left to go, but Shelton runs off a second ladder to clothesline Jericho off it. Kane is back up and takes down Christian, who's helped with Tyson Tomko. Again, another name. You go, Tyson Tomko? Yeah, that was a thing, wasn't it? Uh, Kane down Benoit. We see uh, going to the top and hitting a sickening diving headbutt, busting himself open. Uh, it's just fucked up. <laughs> but Benoit goes to the top. They aren't too banged up to get the briefcase that is after Edge blasts them on the arm and goes down and grabs the briefcase to win the very first money in the bank. I mean, Jack, the, this match had so many points, but you can see how much punishment Benoit took in this and then think, yeah, it's a bit uncomfortable, but it's a fantastic match over. It, it, it was such a great match. It really, really was. But every bump that Benoit was taking, you couldn't help but wince because you just know that that added to sort of the terribleness that came with it uh, with it like a, a little under a year later. So we won't touch on that too much because I don't think it, it, uh, it, it doesn't take anything away from the match itself. You know, the match itself was great. Uh, all of the wrestlers put themselves through so much. Um, you know, that there were some really cool moments like seeing Edge and Christian sort of uh, work together, picking up the ladders and just kind of remembering that the TLC matches that kind of got born through them um, with alongside the Dudleys and the Hardys, of course. Um, gosh, Shelton Benjamin just stood out, you know, like I don't think that like they he they they've given him another chance like the way that like he really got a chance back uh you know when he was part of sort of team angle um and doing that sort of thing but coming in as the intercontinental champion he had some great spots and at one point he had the whole audience you know screaming for him and shouting for him and i genuinely found myself going oh god what i wouldn't love if it if he had won you know um just watching him uh do you know what he he gave he reminded me very much so of um a young Montez Ford, uh, watching him do all of his high spot moments. So it was great to watch, really. Um, I thought all men looked great. And Chris Jericho, just getting a chance to see him as like Y2J again. That was quite fun. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, the star power in it alone, you know, when you think all six are, well, I know you're going to bear them well, but they're all kind of <laughs> Hall of Famers and, what careers they had, you know, like you said, Shelton shining in yeah. this matchup was just really, really good. Mm. Uh, what, what would you score out of five? Uh, I'm going to give that a five. I really enjoyed that match. It's probably my favorite of the night. Well, one of, yeah. one of, I'll say. We haven't gone through the whole uh, card yet, but yeah, one of. It was really, really good stuff, Gina. And what's interesting about it as well, you know, but it's kind of the blueprint multi-man ladder matches in this one because this is the first time ever anything could happen this match it could have been a disaster you know yeah for sure there could have been so, there were so many spots in this match that there could have been an accident and it could have gone for the worse you know um they all put their bodies on the line but just like my sister said like i'm not gonna lie shelton benjamin he shone so bright for me and i kept saying to my sister throughout this whole match when we were watching it like Shit, he really was hot. He was so hot. Why are they still not? Why are they not using him? Because he legit still moves like this, and it's just it. It was such a nice reminder to just see Shelton just in his glory like that. But everybody shone in that match. Everyone had like a little bit of 
light to shine on them, apart from Kane, maybe, because everyone was just adamant about taking him out and keeping him down. So they were like, nah, fuck him. He's up. Somebody tag with me and just take him out. Um, so that was funny. But no, for me, there was a lot of highlights in this match that A, could have gone really badly, but they didn't. They executed the moves well. Everyone was checking on each other as well, which you could kind of see. And it was just nice to, it was a, just a really great match and nice to see it all pay off because that match went hard. Yeah, without that, like I said, really, really good stuff. What are you going to score it? Um, I'm going to give that a five as well because I was glued to that match from beginning to end. There were so many different spots that I completely forgot about that I it gave me nostalgia hits for when I just stayed up late watching it with my sister and my dad. So, um, yeah, I definitely gave it a five. It was one of the, one of many great matches in that whole card. So, deserved it. Yeah, without doubt. Uh, Monty, what about you? Because, again, show my age, crazy to think of now as well. Edge, going to this, was always the nearly man. Been in W for four years and people kept saying, get to the next level. <laughs> like I said, what happened since that moment? But going to this, Edge winning was a huge deal and like I said when it think about this match what it has done for WWE the money in the bank cash in as well and Edge's career I mean what an historical match yeah I think that's an, that's another like that's why that's another thing that makes this match so legendary because you can always use this match as a marker for like you said the beginning of the ultimate opportunist that we got to know Edge because this is basically the beginning of it he took a he took advantage of an opportunity at the end of this uh, this match. So again, it has story, like something that a lot of ladder matches. It be some, it's been some crazy spots, things I've never seen before. But this match was uh, all the spots you could ask for, all the brutality, and it had a story to it. So it's just like you said, it was uh, it, it started all it was the formula that I fell in love with. Everyone had a moment to shine. Kane's interest. Not only was the, the, the ladders on fire, but the, just the, his 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 evil laugh at the, as he was walking towards the <laughs> ring. I'll never forget it as a kid. Like it was great, and uh, you know the the high spots, like you said, the beginning when you when everyone had to do a dive to start it off, and then you had the usage of the ladders, and then you had using the ladders as weapons all throughout. And like you said, the damage that that Benoit went through, I'll never forget. The, uh, not only the uh, Kane smashing his his arm, but the way Edge won it with the chair shot, I have it ingrained in my head as a kid. Benoit scream. I used to mimic it. I probably shouldn't have because he was in a lot of pain. <laughs> but damn, he used, it was just such a it's just such a distinct grunt. Yeah, it was so distinct. He screamed his ass off at the end there after that chair shot, and you really felt for him there. But Edge looked pert, like again, like the opportunities. He was a little unhinged at this time because all he wanted was to become world champion and he had never gotten that opportunity. So it was just, it was, and then another a little thing that kind of made me understand, you talk about Y2J, Jericho came up with this concept, at least storyline wise. So, you know, there goes something else in Jericho's cap that he can say he came up with the money in the bank. So, uh, yeah, man, this is, this is awesome. Like you said, Shelton Benjamin, uh, really not only, I think he was already on fire at that time because he was the IC champion, but, this kind of just made him even more, make people want even more for Shelton. And like you said, it's a shame that, you know, even though he did, he's done a lot. He's a, a great uh, champion. Like you said, already kind of have a Hall of Fame career anyway. Uh, I think Shelton Benjamin, man, I always think about why, like, if he could have won this and been, it became world champion. 
But like you just mentioned, this was the thing that started it all for Edge, and we know what he became. So, so it's just funny when you think about it how one opportunity goes to one guy instead of the other guy. And just it's crazy if you trade the spots between Shelton and Edge, and just think about <laughs> how legendary yeah. it, it could have been. But honestly, Edge deserved it. Like you said, it was a right, it was about damn time for him. So this was special, man. The right person won, in my opinion. Although Shelton is a close second, and I, I gave it five stars. Yeah, I gave it four and three quarters. Just be, I mean, it would have been five, but I knew I had curtain short round the corner. So <laughs> anyway, here's the still in Eugene, whose music didn't start until halfway down the aisle. He talks about his second favorite WrestleMania with King Kong Bundy, and I will say they're called Little People. All right. Anyway, Q Davari and Mamad Hassan complain about not being on the show that they're on. Makes sense. Uh, Hassan is ready to make his own WrestleMania moment. Jump Eugene, setting up the camel clutch. Q Hulk Hogan. Hassan gets sent outside. Davari can hit Hogan with a chair. That don't work. Big boot. Toss outside. Hogan does a pose. The American flag on the stage. Move on to Randy Orton versus Undertaker. Man, this was a match. Going into this, Randy Orton, of course, the legend killer at Undertaker. Only just coming back as the dead man. WrestleMania 20 uh, being his first time back as a dead man. Of course, this was a lot going into it. Many thought Randy Orton would get the job done. You knew the Druids with the torches are here, so it's serious. The Undertaker gliding to the ring for a pretty cool entrance. Uh, and of course, uh, for Randy Orton, I mean, we talk about his theme, and it's like, hey, hey, nothing you can say. I think it's an underrated banger. I mean, Gina, would that be fair to say? I mean, I know all got voices now, but even hearing the old theme, you're just like, yeah, do you know what? That's quite a catchy one. Yeah, I completely agree as well. Okay. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear who you asked. Well, Gina was about an old autumn theme, you know, with competitive voices. <laughs> yeah, just you. <laughs> I liked it. Anyway, going into the matchup, uh, early RKO attempt shoved off the top, and I'll take a start a bit slowly here. Old school connects, but all this back up with drop kick. I'll take a running DT gets two, snake eye connects, ensuring big boots start off with running elbow. Sending fans to let's go on, take a brand sucks chance. Uh, we see Orton hammer away in the corner. Why would you do this and take a match? I'll never know. But he has to escape the last ride. Ref gets bumped. Here's Bob with a car shot to the Undertaker's head for a close two. Undertaker boots Bob off the apron and grabs a choke slam, which is a burst into an RKO midair. One of my favorite counters ever. You don't see too many reverse RKOs. And a big sigh of relief for the fans. For reasons of general cockiness, Orton tries his own tombstone, which is reversed into the real thing to make Undertaker first. And oh, so Gina, what did you think of the match? I know you're not a big fan of this theme, but you got a bit the legend killer here, which is worth it. The Undertaker, how good the Undertaker look? He was past it at this point, apparently. Well, <laughs> you say that. I mean, I used to, I actually used to be a huge fan of Randy Orton when he first joined um, the Evolution group. So for me, I was actually a big fan, I think, at the time of this match. So I was definitely team Randy. But watching it back again this time, obviously, for me, I was sort of more indifferent. Um, and 
part I knew Randy wasn't going to win, but part of me was like, no, they can't. They can't let Undertaker lose, right? They can. They. <laughs> so, like, I, again, I did have to question myself. You see so many WrestleManias over the years, you start to merge certain matches with each other. You forget what is is due to happen, even though you've already watched it. So I was watching this match in slight panic mode, like, wait, he's he's not lost to Brock Lesnar yet at WrestleMania, right? So Randy's not winning here, right? And I was just like in slight panic <laughs> the whole time. But I definitely enjoyed it. And for me, it was a really nice kind of callback to Randy being the legend killer. That's how he kind of grew his status, really. And you've got to think, it's hard to join a group like Evolution where you've already got so many big names like Ric Flair and Triple H and Batista, who's clearly coming up on top as well. Randy was either going to be the jobber of the group or he was going to make a name for himself. So he went with this legend killer and he was hated for it. But that's what he, you want. You either want to be hated or loved. You don't want to just be forgotten about or just ignored. So for me, it worked for Randy. The match worked well. The Undertaker gave him as good as he, he gave as well. So to be honest, he made Randy look really good in terms of, oh shit, he's actually making this legend like work for it and struggle in this match. So, yeah, I definitely think that it, the match went hard and Randy held his own in terms of, like, fighting with this legend, you know. But I'm um, super glad, super glad that The Undertaker came out on top. I definitely was in this, like, panic mode and was like, no, I swear Brock Lesnar is a few years after this. So I'm glad with the outcome. But overall, I really enjoyed the match. I think I scored it maybe a four, um, but it was still a great match. That was really, really fun, right now. Uh, Monty, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I agree 100% about this. Uh, I mean, this was really around that era. They really started the book around Undertaker's streak. You know, they he was, like you said, he was already 12 and 0, but they didn't really make a big deal about it in a, like for a while. Even, even from what I recall, like JR mentioned it. I remember when he beat Ric Flair, like they said he was 10 and 0, but it wasn't. Uh, that fight with Rick had nothing to do with his streak. And this match was kind of like that, too, because this, this, I remember all this angle. I remember Randy being hunted by The Undertaker. Like, uh, this is a, a very, you know, special thing to kind of come back and watch because, again, I got so many vivid memories of this feud. And this was Randy's best showing probably in his career up to that point. So you can see little signs of just the legend that Randy would become. I know he was the legend killer then, but, you know, you kind of see a little bit of that in this match. Like you said, I'll never forget that reversal, James. Like, I, I used to – that kind of started – like, I always mimic doing the stunner to people. I always was, like, fake like I'm going to kick them and then do the stunner to my friends. But friends. But after that RKO, like, I genuinely remember at the time when I was a kid trying to RKO people out of nowhere now, after that, you know, stuff like that. That was kind of like the beginning. <laughs> well, the see, I would have loved to have seen that. Watching <laughs> yeah. you know, your friends. Let me RKO you, bruv. Right, I'm coming out of no. No, I'm not saying a word. Just, just trying to, just, just coming just out, of out of nowhere. With nowhere. <laughs> right, yeah, it's right. True, it's true, though. This, this, this stunner setup is difficult because right. people are not going to sell the kick. They're with not the going to sell. Yeah. You just need your weight. Exactly. <laughs> you don't care if you break their neck. <laughs> you come up from the side. Yeah, exactly. You just, you just got to catch them at the right angle. I used to do it all the time, and it was kind of stemming from watching this match a lot. And seeing that reversal because that pop, you can tell by the pop, everyone was like, "Oh no, that was that, that was really really good. It was so well done." So, 
you know, Randy brought his A game, like you guys mentioned. I just think overall this match gets overshadowed by how good some of Taker's other WrestleMania matches were. Mm-hmm. Like you immediately start to think about some of the other ones, like the one with Edge he did a few years after that, or even Batista the next. I mean, in twenty three, I think it was. And then you have like, uh, of course, Sean twice, and even Punk. So you got so many great r- r- WrestleMania matches you can think of for Undertaker that Randy's kind of get overshadowed. But this was really, really great. And watching it back, I realized just how how it aged well. Like really good wrestling can, is timeless, and I think this is. This and what we, a couple matches that I think one match is left on this card. I know it really feel timeless when I watch it. But anyway, uh, this was fantastic. I gave it four and a quarter. Like I really liked it. Yeah, and like you said, Taker and Orton got something in common with Punk. They had the singles match at WrestleMania against CM Punk. But people talk about Cena and Batista, but this is a stand-up moment in Orton's first Mania singles match. And like you said, Monty's feud would last the rest of the year. But actually, this was, again, another good match. And The Undertaker was in great shape. And like I said, a lot of people mm. thought he was past it. But he was on his last great run, which is sad looking back now. But, you know, these two different parts of their career. Oh, they, they, they both gave a great match. I think both Monty and Gina have uh, made some really excellent points about the match itself. Um, I also want to point out and remind everyone that I think like it was like around this time last the, the year before that Randy was kind of going on that baby face run with, you know, having like been booted from evolution yeah. after the title and stuff. So this was a slow transition that like between the space of a year of him making himself as the legend killer. So this really was like the beginning stages of seeing him actually become the legend killer. And yeah, the the RKO moment that came out of nowhere, that was where that was born as well. Like there's been so many great spots that you can actually go back and think about now that have come out of nowhere. But it really got born here, like between this match between Undertaker and, and Randy, like that when that RKO happened, even just watching it back again, I had that same level of excitement as when I saw it the first time around. Like that was just such a peak moment and also a moment that really defined Randy as a wrestler and what he could bring to the wrestling ring. To be able to hold his own as long as he did against an icon like the Undertaker, yeah, like that that's a pretty big moment. And as you said, it's his first uh singles match as well, um, at WrestleMania. Um I thought this was brilliant for him this was one of those perfect storytelling moments of like a legend working with someone new and upcoming and actually sort of like almost kind of like handing the reins off even though like Undertaker came out the winner ultimately Randy came out looking just as good like people were coming out of that match not just talking about the Undertaker but they were talking about Randy as well you know so this really just set that scene of what was to come from Randy and what was to come from the legend killer Um, I really enjoyed this match I gave it a four and a half yeah, like I said, really, really good stuff. Four and a half for me as well. Um, women's title next. And again, it's nice looking back sometimes and sometimes it's not with the women's championship. Uh, but of course, Trish Stratus versus Christy Hemi. Trish is defending and Christy has Lita with her. That's basically what they're selling. Uh, we see them head outside with Trish sending her into the steps, follow some chops. Chick kick misses and Christy hits one of her own as the fans are just not paying any attention to this. She does the splits on top to that sunset flip. Trish spears her down, get boring chance as well. As Trish stops the yell at Lita, allowing Christy to start kicks. 
reverse twist of fate, a roll up with Christy two, but Trish has had it. That means a chick kick to retain the title within Christy's wrestling run. Now, Monty, what are your thoughts on your match? And JR's comment of Christy Hemi is full of spunk. Is that the same for America <laughs> as it does in the UK? Okay, what does it mean in the UK? <laughs> No, well, no, you tell me. <laughs> okay, in America, it just uh, I, from the way he was trying to use it, it's just you're uh, from from what I know, it's like you're you know excited. Let's just make it that way. You like you're like one of a bouncy one of those people who just you know I don't know. Yeah, I, that's I don't use that word. I'm gonna be honest with you. But let, what does it mean in Britain? Please, now I'm very well, very. If I was to get very very excited, then. <laughs> <laughs> just that kind of you know oh, so, oh okay yes yes <laughs> yeah, yes all right never mind no i don't that's not what he's supposed to be talking about at least unless this is like a like a you know a double a deeper joke than i thought it would be <laughs> like that's deep it's a deeper comment than i thought it'd be no okay maybe the adults when i was growing up was using it was speaking in code and they meant the way you mean the entire time, and I was just lost. I'm just saying, people people don't use it as much anymore, thank goodness. It's, just, it's one of those things I remember hearing growing up, though. But, yeah, we don't really say it like that anymore. But, anyway. <laughs> That's good. No, no, good. Yeah. And, uh, I was about to say, <laughs> good. And Trish and Lita, my how times has changed with the women's division. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's what I wanted to talk about here. I just want, first of all, the Raw Diva search is such a far cry from where we are now in women's wrestling. It is crazy. It's I remember cringe. those days, it's cringe, man. Monty. Oh, that yeah. So Diva cringe. search was cringe factor 101. Oh, yeah. Poor girl. <laughs> I've heard yeah. it to my young classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no way. No way. Anyway, besides that. <laughs> You know, only thing good about the Raw Diva search I can think of that I remember vividly, or at least lasting a while, was I think I think Layla came from there, right? Didn't Layla, uh, who ended up wrestling with WWE a long time, yeah. come from a Diva yeah. search? So yeah, I remember that. I I'm, I'm Maurice. Wanted. Let's not forget Maurice. Yeah, I'm Maurice. I'm trying to give people credit who came from that. I'm not trying to yep. you know take away from not it, but she? yeah, yeah, Maurice. Started, you know, I don't think they won it, but she definitely yeah. uh, was That's on it. Miss so. met her and he knew that was the one. That was the that one, was right? Yeah, the Miz was on tough enough, exactly. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. No, makes sense now. John Morrison too, for that matter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now yeah, listen. yeah, yeah. Trish was Trish was good <laughs> at this point, of getting heat, you know. But uh, with King's comments too, like King's commentary, like I don't know about you, Jay. But, you know, now it's really tough to hear King yeah. talk about women's matches. Yeah, that doesn't take It's so real. No. But the, the thing with King is you know you're going to get saying. Because, like, right. he can't help when he goes, oh, it's great to see Lita back. And I go, that's right. a nice thing to King say. But you and know what goes, he means. It's even better to see her front. And you exactly. go, oh, for fuck's sake. Yes, you know it's coming with him, right? You know it's coming. Uh, but yeah, I think Trish cared to have decent match out of Christy, especially when I know what Christy like. I like you said, I don't think she ever wrestled again. She like she stayed in wrestling with like a manager and a ring announcer. I know for Impact at time, but like she never really wrestled much. So when you think when you take it into the perspective that she did, she wasn't really a wrestler, and Trish made her look at least solid at times. There, I thought it was I came away okay. But this is a great example of why I'm so happy. 
that Trish and Lita will get a chance to work in this era. You know, I'm so happy that Lita, as, as much as I would like Damage Control to stay tag champions when it happened, I'm also kind of happy that Lita got that moment because compared to how her career ended and compared to how women was treated in their primes, it's great that they get a chance to be where we are now. I mean, like, uh, half the women's roster at this time are going to come out and walk a legend to the ring. That's like that's how far we've come, guys. So the fact that we got four women's matches on this mania and Lita and Trish is a part of it, I think that's kind of cool. So uh, it's hard to watch this without thinking about how far we've come. I gave it three stars. Uh, Jaxie, what about you? I mean, you know, Monty makes a good point, but surely mm. this be- women's wrestling was better than today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, again, this th- this match was hard to watch in terms of you know where we are now and uh, now in this current era to what, how women's wrestling was perceived back then. So it was no shock to know that there was only one women's match really on this card, um, and it's no shock that it didn't last that long either. Um, it was one of those matches where it, it it maybe felt like it should have been more Trish versus Lita. Uh, so having Chrissy in that place uh, didn't do much to build the excitement around the match. Um, and yeah, it, a lot of the match, as you said, is kind. Of, it was kind of a lot of a Trish supporting uh, Chrissy during the match. Um, I don't want to badmouth it, but because I, I think for for the uh, the time that it was in, um, I think that. You know, we were we still had to be grateful that this wasn't a bra and panties match, you know, and this was actually a women's match. Um, so or did they still, have a match at all? Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. So you still yeah, got they a, had a pillow fight at 19, I think, sort of a match. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, you've you still got to be grateful for the fact that this actually was treated as an, an um, a match and not a stipulation, so to speak. Um but yeah, it it was just a time where you know we were still trying to build up on on the the respect that women would get in the ring, um, you know, as professional wrestlers and not just seen as divas or you know like the side pieces, you know. Um, so I I don't really have anything bad to say about this match, but I also don't have anything good to say about this match. It, it was just one of those ones that was really just kind of there, um, and. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just gonna leave it there because it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I don't think it it had done much to sort of uh, you know give a, a greater footing. There was a lot more that uh, that needed to happen, and obviously was go- going to currently happen. But I just want to also point out, rightly so, like you guys said, um, really glad that we're actually getting a chance to see Lish, uh, Lita and Trish sort of in this still. Uh, time right now and Lita getting picking up a, a title win here um like you said she was treated horribly on her way out of WWE before so I'm really appreciative of seeing like sort of uh the journey we've come on with with Lita so to speak and and you know where she's at right now um overall I get this match didn't do much for me so I just gave it a three it wasn't bad but it wasn't good so mm. uh Gina what about you you know like I said a lot of bad but again Trish and Lita just shows how strong they are to the women's division. They've been doing this for, you know, decades now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just like my sister said, like, I think with this match, I think they did want Trish versus Lita. That would have been a WrestleMania-worthy match for them. But I think, obviously, with um, Lita being injured, they couldn't do it. So they built this story around Christy with Lita in her corner. 
Um, and again, it's, it wasn't awful. It was nice. But I do think like maybe Chrissy may have slightly suffered in terms of like it was too big of a stage and she hadn't been built up that long before this match um, due to Lita's injury, maybe. Um, so again, it was it didn't go long. I think Trish did so well to like support her and make her feel like make Chrissy look like it was a high caliber match for what it was as well. The funny thing is, is I, w- I w- was at my parents this week. And I actually asked my mum if she remembered Trish and Lita. She didn't watch wrestling a lot. But when me, my dad and my sister used to watch it, she would she would sit there in the background with us. So and she said, yeah, I remember Trish and Lita. I told her Lita got the the tag championship at the moment. And she was quite like, oh, wow, she's still wrestling. And I did kind of have to explain that she's come back for a little bit, but she's obviously in shape enough to wrestle sort of thing. But my mum, she did make me laugh because she said, I should have taken you and your twin sister to the wrestling center in London. And then maybe you and you and your sister could have been fighting Trish and Lita right now in WrestleMania. And the deadpan face I gave my mom, like, mom, come on, please. <laughs> really? Well, you that- never know. This match could have been <laughs> me and my sister versus Trish and Lita. You never know. But either way, I loved it at, the, at how excited my mum even sounded at the thought of Trish and Lita coming back in today's day and age of wrestling and still being in that highlighted spot. So it was really nice to see it just from a non-fans perspective too. But again, I would have loved to have seen Trish and Lita get those tag belts over Lita and Becky. But again, I, I can tell with obviously with um, them not being full-time wrestlers right now that's not going to be the case but it would have just been so nice it would have been the cherry on top of the tree but I gave the match I gave the match a three because you know Chrissy gave it her all but she's not Lita yeah that's true I got three all around as well we get a recap of Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels Angle of course annoyed Shawn eliminated for Rumble beat him up setting up the big feud of course we got sexy Kurt from this I'm just a sexy Kurt I'll make your ankle hurt. Iconic line. (laughs) (laughs) But but the thing is, Monty, as well, with Kurt Angle. He brought Siri out too, by the way. Uh, Exactly. And he was dancing (laughs) in Shawn Michaels' garb. And yet we still believed him to be a killer. Like, this man could do everything. (laughs) He had chaps on. Like, yeah, he was was great. You know, Uh, it's like you said, it's the thing about Curdy is he could be goofy. He could be he could do every like he could be a monster. He could just the thing is about Kurt, everyone already knew in the back of their mind he was a gold medalist, so he was legit. And I think that's the reason why at the end of the day, it didn't matter what Kurt did, what he say, or how he looked. Everyone knew that once the bell rung, you can't stop Kurt because he was an animal or a machine in there. And you know, and I think that kind of gave him the credibility to be able to say and do whatever he wanted. Yeah, I think without a shadow of a doubt, my top two wrestlers of all time playing at WrestleMania, I was definitely in. If we see him stare at each other for the, for the bell, until Sean slaps him around the face. When he did that, I was like, it's fucking on. And we see Angle takes the mat and completely outclassed. But this was the story of the match and Sean surprising the fans and actually uh, working on Kurt with some basic wrestling moves and also the crowd was kind of wasn't pro Shawn Michaels had a lot of Kurt fans there uh we see yeah. a couple of crazy spots uh with Shawn going to the top a high crossbody to the floor with a knee 
hitting Angle in the face. Uh, this fight, I think this is the first time I ever saw teasing a German suplex off an apron with Kurt <laughs> doing it to Sean. Yeah. We've seen it many a time since, haven't we? But this is one time. And Sean using the low blow to get out of it and the springboard um, splash onto Angle on the announce table. And again, we've talked about King with his negative, but straight as that happened, he went, well, let's not forget the announce table has been kind of reinforced still. So again, you know, it's like, fucking hell, you were all right at this some point. <laughs> but anyway, they head back in. Uh, we see switching music way too early, counting the ankle lock, then the big crawl to the rope. Angle gets it together this time. Sean reverses the roll up. Another switching music attempt counter to the angle slam for two. Uh, we get a really awesome moment of angle putting the straps up so you can put them back down again. That's how serious you know it. The moonsault misses. He spent too much time with straps. But anyway, Sean goes up to get caught in a super angle slam, meaning angle gets ready to cry at the kicker. Angle talks a bunch of trash with Sean hitting the switching music to shut him up. It gets very delayed too. And again, I think the King question that is a SmackDown referee. But Angle picks the ankle into the ankle lock. Sean just can't kick him away like a pit bull. Angle stays on the ankle. What felt like a very long time for Sean fighting it when the great in had to tap out. Now, this is one of my favourite WrestleMania matches of all time. There's a couple of things wrong with it. Back to the ring post, missed on one camera angle. Apart from that, the announce table, this was spot on. Jaxie, what do you think of this? Because this, again, match that good, kind of gets forgotten about through time. Yeah, um, again, what you just said is exactly right. This is one of those matches you can watch over and over again and just still be amazed. Um, a, a, a highlight moment for me was definitely the uh, German suplex Kurt gave Sean from the outside of the ring. I think you're right. Like that was one of the very first times we'd kind of seen it happen like that. We've seen it like that now, but you know, for back then it was uncommon to see it performed like that. So that was just like a quite a peak moment. Um, Both Sean and Kurt had so much chemistry in the ring and they just kind of both left you wondering who's going to win. You know, they both ha- at, at one point and, you know, had the advantage um, but once Kurt got that ankle lock in, you know, he was deadly for a long time with that ankle lock. If you got into that ankle lock, you were screwed, you know, and everyone get hyped at seeing that. And again, I feel like this was where that was born. Like, you know, seeing how Shawn Michaels had had held out for so long and yet someone of his caliber could still not do anything but tap out to that. You know, it was such a peak moment. Uh, this match had me all kinds of lit. It was really hype. Um, again, I gave it five stars because this was such a great match. Yeah, really, really great stuff. Like I said, there's the a few moments in this match for have Michaels tapping out, showing respect they had for Kurt. And even Kurt winning. I mean, Gina, you thought the Untaker was going to lose earlier. I mean, did you were you surprised Kurt won? Because the way it was going, it felt like Sean was going to get the win. But the crowd was even happy about it. Yeah, I mean, again, for me... I completely forgot sort of about, you know, who's the face, who's the heel at this point, um, re-watching it back so many years now. So watching this match, I'm like, wait, who is the fan favourite? Who do people want to win? Who's the heel? Who's the face? You know, in my eyes, Kurt Angle was the heel because he always usually is. He's the twat who says he's better than everyone. 
Um, but everyone was just, you know, cheering for Angle. And like like you guys just touched on, that ankle lock, I used to think when I was a kid, I used to think her ankle used to break people's ankles when he did that move. Like, I legit thought everybody's ankle was broke that he would do that to. So watching this, I was like, literally, uh, Shawn Michaels' ankle is about to pop. It's about to pop. So the hype that the 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 crowd was given Kurt and how how many times he got him in that in that position and I was like it's just gonna happen it's gonna happen any minute it was just enough to keep you hype and for me I was a little bit confused on if the crowd were with Angle or against him but I think eventually towards the end I realized like everyone was like with Angle and I was even shocked when he got the win I couldn't remember who did get the win at this point so I kept saying to like Jaxi like who won this who won and she's like I don't remember shut up and so it was quite funny because I was so into this match and again it's two it's two people that I think I have seen wrestle a few times like throughout growing up watching wrestling but for for me this match was so hype I wanted to watch it again straight after so I definitely gave this one a five star as well yeah about that well if you more Kurt and Sean I think they have a match at Vengeance that same year and I think like a 30 minute Ironman match on Raw but again these are matches that should be thrown in our faces and um, of us to be made to watch how good it was you know and even you know Monty we know how good Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels are and Sean said about this match he's been in the ring with the best but with Kurt he had to make sure he's working at the highest level to keep up there's no bigger compliment there is there these two for me the top two to ever do it yeah, man. I mean, like you said, this rob that whole feud between Kurt and Sean was just awesome. And you know, like you said, this match, one of Mania's strongest one-on-one matches ever. Like, just enjoy. Like, you could put this one-on-one match up there with some of the greatest moments that you can think of, or like, or matches you can think of in WrestleMania. To me, it's just it's, it really is that good. I used to. It's just like you mentioned. You you guys said you wanted to watch it over and over. Growing up, that's I would come back to. To this DVD just for Kurt, Sean and Kurt and Money in the Bank. I would I would watch those things like rant when I was bored. It's just I right, cut on Sean and Kurt, you know, because I want to watch Sean flail around and take forever to realize he was screwed there once Kurt locked <laughs> it in at the end. <laughs> Cause Kurt, everyone knows the thing about the angle lock is as soon as I, it once if angle ever can wrap you up to where yeah. he stopped you from moving, yeah. it's over. And I just and I I just knew as soon as he wrapped you up and he got you locked in, and you can see the crowd. The crowd also realized started chanting even louder. Even though Sean kept kept it going and kept fighting, they knew that once you lock it in, you weren't getting anywhere from Kurt. And Kurt had you and like Kurt was always good at even if he was a bad guy, making the people just get into the match and want to see either him win or just want to see the result of it. I remember watching him and I think it was Ben Wyatt at like Royal Rumble or 03, I want to say, or something like that. Either way it mm-hmm. goes, he wasn't yep. the he he wasn't the baby face. Chris Benoit was. And they end up giving Benoit a standing ovation. But they wrestled so fantastic in that match that at, by like by the end you couldn't tell it didn't matter who won they just wanted to see who was going to win i think that's what kurt that's how good kurt was it didn't matter what kurt was doing as in the story the matches were most of the time always good enough 
to where you like it didn't matter. I don't even remember why I was mad at Kurt. That was awesome. If you see what I'm saying, so you know, yeah, man. He it had psychology, catch wrestling, submission, the striking, the 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 good drama, the WWE drama that we've all fell in love with. If we love wrestling, so you know, I can go on forever, like you mentioned, James, about how good this was. So I, I definitely thought this was special. Uh, this and Money in the Bank are just some of the things that I when I think about WrestleMania 21. These besides the, the the crowning moments of Batista and Cena, it's Sean and Kurt and Money in the Bank. This was special. Five stars. Yeah, we've actually had about five stars all round. And it's time for Piper's Pit and uh, Rowdy Ruddy Piper. For me, when I was growing up, it was always a bit hit and miss because I always thought, does the guy know what he's talking about? Learning a bit more about him, realized that's kind of gimmick. So through time, I've started like Piper more. But when I first watched this, I was like, Austin, just give him a stunner straight away. Viper does welcome Steve Austin. Uh, slaps around the face and uh, Austin slaps in the back and Piper says, kind of like you. Uh, they have an argument who, uh, where Piper said he was ticking Vincent Mann off when WrestleMania didn't have a number in a cool uh, line. Cue Carlito. Uh, Carlito accuses both of them arguing like gelts before declaring them non-cool. He looks like he's going to spit the apple, but Piper takes it away. Uh, Carlito takes the spit this time, so Carlito hits him in the face as Austin laughs. Eel, by the way. Austin, yeah, Austin beats Carlito up, and Piper sends him outside. Beer is consumed until Austin stuns Piper. I suppose, Monty, it made sense in theory, but just maybe just to calm the, calm, uh, calm the crowd down, it worked. But this was just like, and it felt like, this is every legend segment since where younger talent get fucked over. By yeah, legends. I. That's the great. That's the overarching point of it. I think it. Some of these moments can be entertaining, feel good. Like you said, some of the back and forth was fine. All it's always great seeing Austin, so it doesn't really matter. Like really, you don't have to explain much to a wrestling fan, especially WWE fan. When you say Austin, Austin's gonna be out there, so it doesn't really matter what we do, right? Because Austin's gonna be there. So it turned out to be very entertaining, but you're 100% right. This is a perfect example. Uh, same thing with Muhammad Hassan. We didn't really mention it, but it was the same thing with him. Perfect example. Get get one of your active talent, most of the time it's a heel, to come out there and get embarrassed by a legend who don't, or two legends in this case, who don't need the rub or anything for it. But, you know, this, this is a Vince McMahon formula. This is what Vince thought was entertainment. And he, you see, like, every year or so for a while there, too, at Mania, he would try to plan something of the sort, even if it was backstage or not, uh, you know, for his legends around this time of year. So, you know, I guess it was just a feel-good moment. I think, I don't know if this was Piper. Was this Piper's year? I know it was Hogan's year. Like, yeah, result in bad taste, like the Eugene situation. Yeah, Some yeah, true. True. Thing. Well, everything Eugene did. <laughs> if we, if, Eugene's whole run is the definition got, of bad taste. Yeah. yeah. He, he did get a SummerSlam match against Kurt Angle as well. So, like, you know, he's, yeah. it's crazy to think kind of what came from it. The, the things they were trying to do in the 2000s, trust me, man, we could go on forever. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, again, like you said, it, it's one of those things that kind of hammers home that point of why they have a hard time building new stars of a new era sometimes, is because a lot of young talent got threw away for spots like this. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll move on to a bit of sense uh, with a sumo match. Okay, scratch that. We'll come back to it in a minute. Akabone <laughs> versus Big Show in sumo. 
yes, sumo. They do the full traditional opening as fans are not really interested in this one. And they finally get going and they kind of slap each other, pull the gear a bit, show lifts up Akabono and spins around and then Akabono wins. There you go. Believe it or not, Akabono never wrestled for WWE again. And I don't think he ever <laughs> did. So, I mean, come on. This is Big Show in the Fog. Gina, what were your thoughts on this? I mean, I, I wait. What, what are my thoughts on what the the sumo match itself, or just the fact that he didn't wrestle for WWE again after? No, well, the, the, the match. I mean, if we we could do a whole podcast on Akabono. <laughs> I mean, I definitely will. Can you please, like, that would be awesome, James. Even if we do it just being you, I would totally be up for watching a load of like past like sumo <laughs> matches of his, match. and then just doing a short little pod on that. Let's do it. But. Going well, back to the yeah, at least we know where he stores his first class post. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie, this was brilliant. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. I thought it was something so different to put on a WrestleMania show, and it's not one of these stupid little sketches where you're embarrassing one of your younger talent that you actually want to push, but you're just embarrassing them just for legend's sake entertainment. This for me was something that was different. And it brought a sense of, of, you know, the Japanese culture in terms of bringing the actual sumo wrestling match here and bringing their rules, bringing their ref as well. For me, again, before doing that now where we where we'll do sort of, I don't know, impact crossover wrestling matches or Ring of Honor crossover matches and you'll have their referees coming into the stage. That's nice to have now. But seeing it back, done back then, especially for the sumo match, it was just brilliant. And I just kind of, I think for me, because I have seen um, sumo wrestling uh, match in Japan myself, I truly appreciated watching this. And I had the biggest grin on my face because it just took me back to being there myself to enjoy the match in its entirety. And I've got a lot of respect for Big Show because you could show, you could see that he had put a lot of thought and respect into wanting to give his all to this match and be respectful to the craft itself as well. So that I could totally appreciate. However, I was pissing myself throughout the whole match. <laughs> just seeing just seeing Big Show with the with the sumo gear on is not quite different from his from his ring gear, to be fair, because he just wears the leotard, so it's kind of used to it. But seeing the other guy, it was just there was a slight wardrobe malfunction, I think, that it just took my eye and I was solely focused on that wardrobe malfunction for a bit so I did have to rewind the match to try and just watch the match for itself <laughs> but aside from that I truly loved it and I'm really really glad that um it sounds mean but I'm glad that Big Show lost because I felt like if he won this match it would have been more of a slap in the face to the other guy so yeah I enjoyed it do I have to well, well, this one? yeah come on we've got it I'm um, forcing you to do you know what? I'm going to give it a four and a half just thanks to the respect of it. Do, do you know what upsets me, though, is the fact is if your mum gave you the proper training, you could be facing Big Show the wrestling match at WrestleMania. That, you, you could have been Akabono. You could get at Mama Fergie right now and say, Mama Fergie, what were you doing? You should have got, you should have got Gina in there with the wrestling. She could have been sumo wrestling right now. And I would have Jesus won, Christ. FYI. You would. Oh yeah, I'm not doubting that. 
Jaxie, what were your thoughts on the Super Wrestling match? Yeah, I think you guys um, really covered a lot of the basics of it. Um, I think it was just great to see a different kind of match be appreciated within, you know, a, a big uh sort of promotion such as wrestlemania so it was really nice to kind of get the coverage for it um i did uh appreciate the the amount of respect that uh big show showed to the form of sumo uh wrestling so that was just a really great thing to see as well um yeah this this guy i I'd, i'd actually be interested in watching him um in some of his past sumo matches uh he looks like he could actually be really, really like, you know, on top, like one of the top ones. So it would be interesting to actually see see um, see one based in Japan. Definitely. This match was good, though. Um, I'm giving it a four and a quarter. It was great for what it was. Auntie. What, what were your thoughts? You you setting me up right now. I feel like no, because oh, I, I feel like be the one. I feel like, I feel like the ungrateful foreign, the, the ungrateful American here. <laughs> okay, all right. So as a kid, let's start off there. As a kid, yeah, hated okay. this match. It was pretty simple though. I didn't want to ever see that part of Paul White. I never wanted to see his ass. Never, never <laughs> in my life. That, that's that's literally how how simple I kept it at the time. But after growing up, getting some seasoning in my life, actually watching sumo wrestling and all of that, of seeing what it is and what it's all about, you get you can get past all of that. And actually, you know, watch this, and I still could not enjoy it in the many years left because honestly, I wondered the same thing. It's just like, why is this here? I understand this is spectacle. I understand this is WrestleMania. We're not we're not in Japan. We're in Hollywood, but you know I can, I get it. You know you know California, Japan, it's pretty good flight. Uh, pretty close. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good flight. <laughs> pretty good flight. Yeah. Uh, as close as they get anyway, I guess when they come over this way, you know you know how it goes. But anyway, uh, I still do not really like this match. You know. Uh, after watching actual sumo wrestling, they they were classy. They did not disrespect <sighs> sumo wrestling, so that that was great. But I still did not want to see this. I don't know if it just wasn't enjoyable to me compared <sighs> to the rest of the show. Uh, and I just leave it at that. Akibono is a sumo what? legend, by the way. So you know we can. <laughs> the question is: Is this was this match a shoot? Was this a shoot, or was this? <laughs> predetermined. No way it was a shoot. The big show, though, did sell it well. Yeah, he sold it well. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, if this was legit, Akimoto would have flattened. He would have flattened Paul. And I think think Paul will probably admit to that. It's his thing. It's what Akimoto was good at. So, Anyway, I gave it two and a half stars. I thought that was being nice. I never really enjoyed this match. It was always my least favorite part. And the way that I knew that they even knew that this was bad, when they used to separate the three disc set, this was right at the end of Dick's too. So once the uh, <laughs> <laughs> once Sean and Kurt was over, all I had to do was go right to Dick's three and watch the last few matches. They they sectioned it off perfectly so you can skip it. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I will say, I didn't know why it was happening in 2005, and I still don't know why it happened watching him in 2023. Exactly. That's the one question <laughs> I, I had, Jay. Why? Not, what, 
I understand you have to calm the crowd down a little bit, but my God, uh, two for me there. Up next, SmackDown WWE Championship, John Cena versus John Bradshaw Layfield. JBL had won the title back from Eddie in, I think, June the previous year. He'd been one of the longest reigning SmackDown champions. And I tell you something, I fucking hated his guts. And not in a kind of way of, like, doing a heel job. But like, I thought he didn't deserve it. I knew he was Bradshaw. He, just a t- he beat cool. Eddie through it. He beat Undertaker at SummerSlam. Yeah. Like, fuck him. And the Everybody thing you know actually. about Championship Rum is, like, Jinder Mahal. JBL was never WWE champion again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, true. You, some people are not done champs. Done. Not even close either, by the way. <laughs> like, he challenged a couple times and always lost. So, oh, yeah. God, fuck JBL. Anyway, he's defending and gets a police escort to the arena. We get a shower at JBL Dollars. And they trade shoulders to start with JBL getting a better fit. Uh, Suplex gives JBL two as he chokes Cena on the ropes. Back up, Cena is just fine. JBL catching Ron's spine buster. Sends him outside for another net breaker before going up to top for some reason. This earns him a slam out the air, but Cena can't follow up. Cena starts his comeback, but the fans aren't really behind him. So never let anybody tell you, or John Cena himself, that he was loved from the beginning. Right. He wasn't. Exactly. You know, he didn't have. He wasn't. But anyway, he shuffles. He gets some energy <laughs> flowing after ducking a clothesline from hell. The FU gives Cena very first well title win out of nowhere. I mean, needless to say, Jaxie, this didn't set the crowd light. But again, talk about historic being Cena's first of 16 well title wins. I say, watching it the fan at the time, I didn't think he was going to be 16 champion. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. Watching this back, uh, first of all, I have to agree with you. I remember this era. I remember that he took it from the title from Eddie. I really despised JBL during this era. Like, I really did not like his character. He was just like he was one of those heels that I knew he probably like. You know, was this was a, a character, but I still fucking hated this man. You know, but this match, uh, I I don't know what. I really couldn't get into it. I didn't actually think John Cena was actually all that good in this match. Um, that they, they worked well together, but there was not really much chemistry there for me. And I felt like John won out of nowhere. And I don't feel like that FU was like impactful enough to have picked up the the win. So yeah, I didn't really enjoy this match. <laughs> 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 like I said, the excitement for the sumo wrestling match, you had to calm yourself down. <laughs> I think because, uh, you know, our father teaches Taekwondo. He's always had a, um, he's, he's, we've grown up like watching many different forms of, of uh, martial arts. Um, so I think for, for us, it, we probably, it was more intriguing, whereas you guys probably just felt more uncomfortable. So it's just a different outlook on it, you know, but. For some reason, I just couldn't get into this match. I don't know, um, you know, having not watched all the build-up to WrestleMania for this, um, whether or not, like, you know, the same feelings were there um, from when it happened back way back when. Um, But, yeah, I just couldn't really get into the match itself. It just, something wasn't clicking for me. So, I mean, like, I think the match overall was good, but I just also felt like the, the 
the ending of the match kind of fell flat and the win came out of nowhere. So I gave it a three and a half. Yeah, uh, Monty, what about you? Because like I said, this didn't, this wasn't the greatest match, but I don't think it was never meant to be. This was kind of just that re-passing of the torch. And this is them yeah, trying the again. it was about see, the moment. Yeah, they tried at 19 with Brock, but 21, they did choose wisely. Fine, right, right, right. They got it right. And I think it's crazy, like you said, to think about that he would become 16-time champ. Because even as a kid who was probably one of the only people who were really in the scene, like, because, like, you, you're right. <laughs> you're 100% right. Most people, he was still, he would get reactions, especially when he freestyled, I guess. But it was definitely a big group of people who still was not, on the Cena bandwagon, but the but young people, people my age, we love John Cena at this point, you know. And this is around the time the album was out. I don't know if it was already out or coming out. So a lot of us kids was listening to his rap album. He went platinum. Like John Cena sold a rap album. It went platinum in two thousand and five. I was one of those people who bought it. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> again, like I had no way of knowing though. Even then, at the time, you could you told me he's gonna catch up with Ric Flair. I was laughed. I was like, nah. You're crazy. There's no way. Like, even Cena at that time, when he was about to get crowned, I wouldn't have thought he would be what he became. So they were both kind of known as brawlers, so we kind of got that. And I admit, see, it's funny that you, did Jack say the finish fell flat? Because that was the most memorable part of the match <laughs> to me. <laughs> it was the finish, which is Cena actually beating JBL, because that's more so what it was all about, I think, at that time, was just finally getting the belt off of JBL, you know, it just seemed like you said, the passing of the torch. The rest of the match wasn't all that memorable to me. So when I watched it back, it was kind of like, you know, it was fine, but, it, you know, it was not the most compelling title match ever. Uh, but I thought it was okay, pretty good at least. And uh, watching it again reminded me of just how far Cena has come, man, since those days. Because, like you said, he was nowhere near the finished product. So when you think about now going into Cena in theory, it's like, it's so beautiful, beautiful to see what he mm. developed into from, from where he but was. He was rough around the edges at this time. He was rough around the edges. Yeah. What would you score that out of five? Three and three quarters, I think, is what I gave it overall. I couldn't even give it four, so yeah. No, but like you said, it's it's the case with John Cena of, you know, people talk about with Roman Reigns and having like the machine behind you. John Cena would. He'd be traded to Raw in a couple of months. And the Cena dynasty would kind of begin from there on out. I mean, Gene, like I said, Cena was not the finished article. And this was kind of like, it's put there. And you wouldn't think what would happen since then. But And again, the match itself was very, very basic. Yeah, definitely. I think when, when Jaxie said she wasn't really interested in the match earlier, it's true. Like, I think... Again, both me and Jax, we were watching this sort of as a watch party because we don't live together. So we were in our own places. But I think I remember at one point during the JBL match, I was like washing up my tea mug really quickly in the, in the sink. And she was keeping me updated what was happening. And then she was hanging out some washing or something. So we were both kind of just, it was, it was that type of match. It was a toilet break match for us, you know. And it's not to say that we weren't interested because I remember at the time that, this this era was playing at what was it 2005 Jaxie was a massive John Cena fan both of us loved him so I can tell that when this was happening at the time we were both lit for this match probably and we were both well into it and rooting for John Cena 
when when my sister said about the lackluster ending, it was a little bit of a lackluster ending, but I just realized John Cena's finishing move is just lackluster. It's just it's not a very impactful one, is it? It's basically <laughs> my go for my chocolate. Like there's, the there's no is, like yeah. it's it, taking it, it from the F five. Yeah. Obviously the back movie, there. Yeah. Back then, right. yeah, it was wicked. Like we all was just like he's him, he's good, he's beat him. Thank God, we all hated JBL. It was wicked, but it just felt very lackluster watching it back in today's day. You know, um, it just felt. I felt like saying, "Oh God, John, like you couldn't have done a little jump yourself to make that look even more impactful or something." I don't know. Like the 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 finishing move now for me just hasn't aged well. I just don't think it looks very impactful as a finishing move. But again, back then in 2005, I can tell everyone was jumping off of their seats for it, you know? So um, I think that's where we're both feeling a bit lackluster when it comes to this. I think the best thing to come out of the match is obviously JBL losing his belt because he was walking around, especially going up to Triple H as well and be like, <laughs> you're going to lose your belt and I'm still going to have mine. Like, it was just funny to have that you know, take it away from JBL. Like, you lost it. It's a proper Jax moment. You must be so embarrassed. You lost it to the rapper guy. You know, it was just definitely a feel-good moment for when it happened. But watching it now, I was like, okay, next match. Thanks. Yeah. Cheers. What would you score that out of five anyway? I mean, I gave it a three and a quarter. Um, so don't hate me. Back then, I probably would have rated it higher, but watching it back now, a three and a quarter is fine for me. Yeah, I'm going to give that three and three quarters out of five. Like I said, the moment more than the match. And then we get the Hall of Fame video and the people going in. Nikolai Volkov, Ein Sheik, Paul Orndorff, Bob Orton, Jimmy Hart, Roddy Piper, and Hulk Hogan. And the reason people may be going, bloody hell, shouldn't they have been in the Hall of Fame a bit sooner than they were? The Hall of Fame had only restarted back at WrestleMania 20. So basically, yep. at WrestleMania 21, they were inducting the WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania main event, even though Mr. T went there, uh, <laughs> into <laughs> the <laughs> Hall of Fame. Uh, and again, it's a good class. I mean, Jaxi, talk about the Hall of Fame quickly. We've had some good classes throughout years. Uh, I think everybody who went in, in, WrestleMania 21 kind of deserved it, like I said, because of main event in the very first WrestleMania. Mm, yeah, yeah, it was. Again, still bittersweet. Um, you know, I, I still can't really look at the likes of Hulk Hogan in the same way um, after, like, you know, kind of seeing a lot of stuff that's come out throughout the years and stuff. So it's kind of bittersweet, but at the same time, you've got to respect, you know, like this was what, like you rightly said, that, that this was sort of the very early stages, the beginning birth of like having a, a big hall of fame introduction within the wrestlemania promotion so um yeah it was okay um you know the, the these sorts of things for me i always felt go really long though and considering like you know they have a whole ceremony the night before you're just sometimes especially when wrestlemanias do tend to go very long you're a little bit like is this needed we don't need yeah, them all coming out and stuff you know Especially when we see that, like, Roddy Piper already, like you said. And again, the thing with Hulk Hogan, much like Chris Benoit, people might get upset and mention them both. But going Mm. back and watching Mm. old WWE shows uh, and older stuff, you are going to see them. 
So you have to kind mm. of mention the fact that they're there, but you don't have to go into too much detail. And I think exactly. Anyway, we recap the Raw World Title match. Triple H has dominated the World Title scene for a long time and used Evolution to help him hold on the title. Batista, though, who's hot a little Wardlow at this time, was unstoppable. He'd won the Royal Rumble. And one of my favourite stories heading into WrestleMania was Triple H trying to talk to him into joining SmackDown, even kind of getting hit by the limo with the ball holes on, all made by Triple H, with Batista finding it out and actually got up Watch the Raw Batista pick Triple H and power through the table. And I tell you what, you can tell how hot the crowd are. You know, we just mentioned John Cena. They were behind Batista in this. Uh, Triple H is defending. There's Ric Flair of him. Plus, Motorhead plays him into the ring just in case you thought Batista All right? He's not. It's Triple rest H. in peace, Levy. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace. We are Motorhead. Uh, Batista though charges in a big boot in the corner just a few seconds later Batista sends Triple H over the corner only to have Triple H whip him into the stairs pedigree onto the steps is counted into the catapult into the post and we've got some blood so after what was like you know 15-20 minutes of action because Triple H <laughs> in the WrestleMania main event has to have this is then busted wide open as Batista hammers the cut open the big running close on the corner rocks Triple H. The power slam gets two. Uh, it feels they're just doing stuff to kind of fill time at this point because Triple H has told them we've got to do half hour. But Batista sends uh, Triple H outside, goes after him. Triple H grabs the chair. He hits the referee by mistake. Blair's belt shot is counted with a spine buster, but Triple H's belt shot gets two. Fans do react to kick out, and Batista hits the spine buster for the big reaction. There's too much cheering for Triple H like so he hits Batista low. Uh, and then Batista blocks the pedigree, which one of my favourite things about this feud about Triple H when it hit the pedigree on Batista. We see Batista blocking and then Batista on fine makes Batista champion. Uh, and what a reaction as well. Uh, Monty, what are your thoughts on this? Because, you know, we talk about it as a main event, but actually watching it, it's better than you think. And I think that's the best thing to say about it. Yeah, that's 100% true. Like, it's way better. It's even better than I remember from when I, when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Because when I was a kid, I just remember it being long. I remember it taking a long time. And I just remember Triple H really getting his ass whooped. I, it was very, very cathartic. Because like you mentioned, the reign of terror was bad. But like, Batista really... <laughs> beat the mess out of him for for the most of this match. So I kind of, like like you said, Batista was just unstoppable at that time, but Triple H really made him look good because, again, you know, the reign of terror was exactly what, that's why it got that name. It was the reign of terror. And, man, uh, like you said, this match was a lot better, though, watching it back than I remember, though, because, uh, like you said, I want to mention, too, seeing Batista's interest at the time, and he did the thing with no fireworks. You know, it's not I walk along <laughs> yet. So it was just kind of, that was kind of funny to me. But I remember that that Batista still being just as dominant as he become, as, a, as he would become. But, you know, what I remember most of this match, like I said, was just how much damage Batista got in. And uh, like you said, Ric Flair and Triple H would try every tactic that they could <laughs> to to get the advantage. But of course, like you said, like, he couldn't hit the pedigree on Batista, but like also something that lasted pretty much their whole career, I guess. 
He couldn't like he, he couldn't beat Batista, right? He just couldn't do nothing. Like Batista was the one guy that after he would break up with him in a few like like he would just he couldn't do nothing with Batista. I remember the Hell in the Cell match after this. I think they had and Batista beat the hell out of me. <laughs> like he really made Batista look great. When you think it about it, beat on his way to SmackDown. A WrestleMania backlash. Right, the backlash. backlash match was with Triple H saying, I didn't hit my I do, I will beat you. And right. then finally, like I said, they had in the cell with Batista going over. I mean, Triple H couldn't have done more. You know, right. like said, I'm not about to hate you, but come on. Yeah, he get a he get a rap and he deserved it because the reign of terror was what it was. But Batista, he really tried to put Batista over on the way of, you know, on Batista's way to SmackDown and like you said, man, I, I I really liked this match, like watching it back, and I enjoyed this main event, even though, like you said, we had to sit through how long it, you know, a very very long match. That at that point we were used to when it came to Triple H, but this still ended up being cathartic. So it was a strong main event. I gave it four four stars, I think overall. Uh, Gina, what about you? Because like I said, it might have had length, but it had a bit of girth to it as well. Oh, it definitely had the girth. <laughs> um, no, there's, for, to be honest, when I, I, I kind of forgot this match was coming up on the card. So after the John Cena JBL match, I was kind of like, wait, what else is coming? Um, <laughs> so I kind of forgot about this match. And as you said, on a match card, you wouldn't, maybe not a lot of people would jump as much for this match. But this match was so good for me. Because for me, it was like, this is how Batista kind of was solidifying himself as I'm not just the muscle, I'm my own person, you know? He's not just the Wardlow with no personality. He's got his own, like, thing going. So for me, I actually really enjoyed this match and seeing Batista coming into his own, especially knowing where he does eventually get to in in the future with wrestling. So, and seeing him break these barriers, I never, I didn't think that the full group of evolution at the time were going to break down I thought maybe it would just be Randy they kick out or it would just it would have just been one of them and not them both but when you just started to see the cracks come in all of them I thought the thinking back on it now all those little cracks in the storylines and just having this group break up slowly over time it was great and that's probably where they've got a lot of the inspo for this bloodline story from as well just taking dribs and drabs and remembering this but there were some great spots both Batista and, and Triple H looked good and I think they both kind of made themselves look look like tanks during this match so I enjoyed it and I gave it a four and a quarter and what's interesting as well it's not just a match but Jackson you mentioned it earlier the fact that Randy Orton and they kind of wanted to make him world champion quicker than they could you know losing the title four weeks after winning it to Triple H and this was going to be WrestleMania 21 main event. It's going to be Orton and Triple H. But because of that, you kind of had a more mm. natural Batista and the feud and the fans actually being behind him rather than kind of being forced and the story into it. And yeah. it kind of, in the end, it did make two main events from it as opposed to where originally it was Definitely. only going to be one. Definitely. I mean, when you think about it, as we've been kind of discussing, this, this sort of really started with the downfall of uh, Randy and his way out of revolution. Um, this was the, the mo- uh, evolution, sorry. This was the moment that uh, you just realized that Triple H wasn't really for the group. He was 
for himself with the group. He wanted the group to continue on with himself as like the top guy. So seeing Randy at the top, he wanted him gone straight away. So there was only a matter of time before it was going to be Batista's turn, you know? So this, this storytelling for, for back then was brilliantly executed. Um, I think everyone uh, wanted this to happen, especially after, uh, you know, Randy had uh, made his departure and it was just the three of them. There were, uh, you know, these cracks beginning to show and you just wondered where things were going to end up. And like Monty said as well, um, this match was really great. Just, um, just from even remember the, uh, match they have uh is it like elimination chamber or is it the how and so much that they have but yeah he got just triple h just gets absolutely ruined by batista again as well um so this was just a, a great way of putting someone new over again um and triple h and batista worked really well together i thought it was a great um main event to end wrestlemania with i would have i think that this was perfectly placed um over the JBL John Cena match. So yeah. Um I think I gave it like uh four and a quarter altogether. Yeah. No, I'm gonna give it a four and a half because like you said, really, really good stuff. And Triple H, you know, he's got this history of WrestleMania. We know he's gonna get one of the best entrances. We know he's gonna get like a half hour match. But if you look back at a record where you argue of not, you know, WrestleMania sixteen, he was WWE champion retained at the main event. 17 co-main event versus Taker. WrestleMania, he beat Jericho for the title. World champion at 19. World champion at 20. Of course, the following year, 22, we lose to Cena in the main event. You know, Triple H. Yeah, maybe I'll give him a little bit more respect even look back at it now because at the time, man, you just hated it. But like I said, not a bad WrestleMania uh, main event. But overall, WrestleMania is now in the books and of course, looking back on it, all these years later. Uh, for me, it's quite an easy one. Match of the night. For me, Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels. Uh, but Monty, like I said, there was a couple that really, really stood out. Yeah, like you mentioned, you know, I honestly love the first two matches all the way to, like, maybe Kurt and Shawn for different reasons. You know, so it, it's, like you said, it's hard to knock, it's hard to go against what Kurt and Shawn did. So I'm definitely giving them MVP, but Money in the Bank is special. And Eddie and Ray was very special to me. Really, really good stuff. Uh, Jaxie, what about you? What's your match of the night? Um, I think I'm just, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to go with Sean and Kurt for match of the night. Um, I thought it was really good. But MVP of the night for me was Shelton Benjamin in the ladder match. I just th- thought he really stood out. He really shone. Um, and it makes me really just kind of, uh, have a feeling of regret that we did not get to see like a lot more of that, you know, considering he's still on the roster now. Um, so yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Gina, who's your match of the night and everything? Um, sorry to sound like a broken record, but my match of the night is uh, Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels, and my MVP is Shel- Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, no, I'm the same. MVP for me, Shelton. Shelton Benjamin, Sean in this match. The only problem is maybe Sean too bright because he was put in this position and the Money in the Bank match for the next few years. But again, was the MVP for me tonight. Monty, what about your MVP? Yeah, Sean Benjamin is a safe bit. <laughs> <laughs> what about score out of 10? 
Uh, I think overall I gave it eight and a half. Overall is what I ended up with, but it's it was a big show. It, it, I know WrestleMania is all about the stars, you know, the biggest event of the year in wrestling, but this is also like the beginning of a new era, an era that is really personal to me because I grew up with these guys on top, Batista and Cena, leading the way in two different locker rooms. I grew up, I just, like you said, this is the beginning of what Edge would become, Shelton Benjamin, Randy Orton. like So a lot of these guys who are like legends towards the end of their career or already retired or retired and come back, I guess, in some cases. So, like, these guys, this is the beginning of their run on top of the company and being uh, stars for the WWE. So this is a really special uh, WrestleMania for me. I gave it eight and a half overall because it was just, uh, like I said, it, it really means something to me for the future of WWE at that time. And you got curtain show. <laughs> Gina, what about you? What were your score out of 10? I wasn't sure what score to give it, but I might just jump on the eight and a half bandwagon. It was a really good WrestleMania. It kept me entertained. And I do remember it gave me such nice nostalgic feels to when I was a kid and joined these matches with my sister and my dad. And I definitely enjoyed it. There are some spots that were sort of not taken in great taste watching it back now, though, which is why I've kind of not rated it even higher than the eight and a half. I think, you know, women's representation definitely grew from here on out. And that's great to see. But it was still so hard to just not be like, did you not have anybody else on the roster of a high caliber to go against Trent? <laughs> but aside from that, um, yeah, again, there were some spots that were a bit in ill taste, ill commentary, just some bad story writing. But aside from that, the whole show was still so much so entertaining. And eight and a half is quite good to give it, I think. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Jaxie? Yeah, um, overall, really great um, WrestleMania. I, I enjoyed it a lot more than like what I thought I would, actually. But I gave it an 8 overall. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 9, just because I'm a sentimental son of a bitch. And after WrestleMania 20, you know, you had the biggest WrestleMania of all time. How could it follow? WrestleMania 21 did. And like I said, it's set the future. There's not that many WrestleManias. You know, you can look at 14 with the Austin era has begun. And 21 is very similar because this is the ruthless aggression era. You know, look at what Batista, John Cena and Randy Orton would all become multiple time world champions and faces of the company with the years passed by. And of course, the Money in the Bank ladder match as well. And of course, Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle, two of the best to ever do it. Still in the show at Mania, so I'm going to give that a nine. Uh, so that is it, WrestleMania. Well, I don't think anything else to add, so we're going to leave it there. Uh, don't forget, we're across all social media Twitter at the WR Podcast, I'm not the JR. You find the entire WR team on the Twitter banner. Monty, where can people find and listen to you? They can go to at Mind Monty Pod on Twitter, or they can uh, go to Mind of Monty on YouTube. Check out my latest clip. Uh, go check out the pod. We're reviewing the second round of New Japan Cup. Uh, we have the final beast like Tuesday. So by the next episode, I'll be breaking down who won the New Japan Cup. So uh, it's been an exciting tournament. Just we've been we did the first round last week. So get a show a listen and catch up with us. Without well, shadow of a doubt. Jaxie, where can people find you? 
Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Jaxie Scarlett. And Gina, what about you? Uh, you can find me on both at Purple Pain. Perfectly. Double and also on Facebook and Instagram, of course, all Google platforms. So that's an email at double podcast at gmail.com and YouTube podcast for all latest clips. Podcasts got the same time on YouTube. You do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, break down, review there. So that is it. Our next episode will be next weekend. It'll be Impact Catch Up. I've got so much impact to catch up on with no surrender and sacrifice coming. Hopefully, the entire team will be back in two weeks' time for WrestleMania. Hopefully, we do two nights there as well. But, of course, we'll let you know. Until then, I've been James Rowland, joined by the fantastic Jackie Scarlett. I hope you enjoyed watching WrestleMania 21. It wasn't too, it was too big a waste of time. No, it was great. I had a lot of fun. There was a lot of nostalgia, um, a lot of feels. So, yeah, I had fun with this. And, of course, the mind of Monty. Again, trip down memory lane, man. Different places, though. Like the Eddie and Ray from one person perspective. And that's the beauty of wrestling. Right? That's what I, I that's why I love doing this. It's cool to get this lens too on older cards to kind of just transport back to that time, get all those emotions revved back up. So this is always fun. And like you said, that's the beauty of podcasting. We all have a different opinion and that's what we need to do. Just have fun and express our opinions about wrestling. Now, and of course the genius of Gina. Again, glad that I have you on board and I'm sure you've already working out your predictions for WrestleMania in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I'm giving it a good go. The one thing I'm gutted for is that I'm actually away on a girls weekend during WrestleMania weekend. So I'm not even going to be able to watch WrestleMania live. And I'm actually really gutted. <laughs> so I'm actually going to be trying to avoid all spoilers, but it's just it's not going to happen for me. I already know it. Um, so Don't I'm worry. Just, I'm I have a baby like, shower. <laughs> so I'm gonna miss stand and deliver at least, but I'm gonna try to at least get to Mania, or I'll be yeah. streaming it at the baby shop. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know how the girls will feel if I'm on holiday with them streaming wrestling. Right, right, streaming wrestling. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. Who knows? They may be playing it live in a bar. If they do, I I will be lost to the wind. But <laughs> yeah. Um, aside from well, that, no, I, it could be, it could be a like, team of two tackling WrestleMania potentially. We'll have to watch this space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, I, I'm, people will be glad to listen to me and Jackson at WrestleMania weekend. <laughs> you never know. Let's <laughs> see what I the mean, future brings. Not having you two there, who knows? We might end up fighting. You never know what could happen. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> um, bye.